Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. Coming up on today's show, how much would you be willing to give up for Jalen Brown? And the Falcons added some depth to the secondary, but does that mean that there will be some changes to the rotation? And last but not least, and for the culture, Frankie Beverly said, hey, so that's all coming up next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. It is ATL Day Ones, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit Make Every Moment More and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. But, T, we were talking about Jalen Brown just yesterday as far as how the, the Hawks need to figure out a way to bring this guy in or get this guy in or see, tap the, uh, put their toe in the waters and figure out what's going on and see what we can do. Now, it looks like our prayers have been answered because there is a young man that works for Bleacher Report that came up with a trade idea, right? So let me go ahead and give you the details of it. So Peyton Pritchard, Danilo Garnari, Jalen Brown, for DeJounte Murray, John Collins, and an unprotected first-round pick. Now, I have my thoughts, and you know the part of it that kind of makes me smile a little bit, but T, when you hear that trade, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Miss me with it. (laughs) On to the next one. Is this thing on? <laughs> All of what I just said is what comes to mind. Because if you think it really is that I'm okay, right today, uh, T. <laughs> exactly. You think I'm okay with touching go DJ, that's my DJ, you got another fuck up. You got another fuck up. And you know what it takes yeah. me back to? And I'm going to mm-hmm. tease something that actually Jarvis and I are going to talk about in more detail tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. But a piece of it that I want to go back to just touch on the Jarvis because I want to tease it and save it for tomorrow is where we were as like the Hawks organization, rather where they were at the end of the 2021 season at the end of the 2022 season. And now here we are again, having the same conversation at the end of the 2023 season about which parts need to be moved so that you can get this one or that one or the third. Now don't get me wrong. We both, like you said, wholeheartedly agree that getting Jalen Brown at just about any cost would be worth it. So every name on that list is good for me. It works quite fine, except DeJounte Murray. Couple of things. For the most part, and I'm going to take Trey in it in his totality okay. and say that DeJounte Murray was your best player on that team for this season, right? Mm-hmm. But I still don't feel like we saw all of what we could have gotten out of DeJounte Murray, right? And with a 22-game sample size that you would have gotten with Quinn Snyder having the opportunity to coach DeJounte Murray, I guess for me, I just feel like, well, so have we even had the opportunity to see what DJ can actually do? Like all of the DJ, the DJ that I saw when I was the in-game analyst for the Hawks and every game was asking two questions, who the hell is Derek White and who the hell is DeJounte Murray? Didn't get Derek White. 
that's who I wanted them to go after in that 2021 time frame, uh, excuse me, 2022. 2021 mm-hmm. 22 season at the yep. trade deadline. Didn't yep. get him. Mm-hmm. Guess where he is? The Celtics. Anywho. Uh, then you go to 2022, and at least you get DJ. Now you want to give away DJ? No. Those were two of the players, White and Murray, whom I thought could really, really fit in. I didn't think they that they were the end all and be all drivers. I still thought that there was another piece, mm-hmm. but I did think that DJ was going to be one of the huge pieces. So, yeah, I don't mind the rest of them. That is fine. Jalen Brown is worth a first round pick, JC and all the rest of them that you said, but I really, really don't think it's a good idea to just nix the DJ Trey experiment at this point. I, I just, I think that's one aspect aspect of it where I'm like, yeah, no, I, I, I can't consider that. I think that piece might be too much to give up. Yeah, I'm with you because like I said, as much as I'm on board with bringing another superstar into the fold, I, I really feel like DJ probably will would be a non-starter and I would I would think that I would I would I would push back like okay if we got to give up DeJounte and J- JC like yeah. I would I need Grant Williams or or yeah. even another, one of those Williams boys like Grant or Robert I know they probably not gonna give up Robert like at least give me right. Grant or something because I get I gotta have somebody that's able to slide into that four spot that I can at least count on and know that he can shoot the three instead I hit that corner three. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it got to, yeah. we got to, like, the conversation is great. I would love for the, the Hawks to have this conversation, sure. but it's going to have to be some some hard negotiations. And I feel like, you know, also on the other side of that too, just what you talked about as far as DeJounte Murray, that's where I kind of feel like, man, I really feel like this thing can work. And with Quinn mm-hmm. Snyder at, uh, at the helm right now, pulling the strings on these guys and, and making sure these guys are doing what exactly what they're supposed to do, I really feel like, you know, Quinn can make that thing work. But, like you said, if the if the Hawks are in a conversation to have with Jalen Brown, I absolutely love it because at the end of the day, you want to be able to do whatever you can to improve your team and be professional enough professional love excuse me on the back side of that to say hey dj this is what we're doing this is what we're thinking and we want to move forward with you but we at least have to have the conversation in order to figure out how we can much better our team yeah because like you said when you look at the stats alone like the place where the hawks are ailing the most right which you just called one of them out it's the three-point shooting where are we going to get that from with peyton pritchard and danilo gallinari the Hawks parted ways with Gallo. Is he going to play? Exactly what it was. The Celtics took a chance on him. Yeah. And unfortunately, so far, it hasn't paid off for them, right? right? But when you look at that trade as well, it's like, yes, Jalen Brown is the get. Don't get me wrong. But Peyton Pritchard nor Danilo Gallinari add anything to the table that you don't already have. Like you're in sore need of a big who can shoot the three. Like you're in sore need of that. And how important is a big that can shoot the three or heck anybody that can shoot the three. But anyway, we we've seen shades of that mm-hmm. all throughout the, the playoffs. That's why you get those swings that you do. That's why you get bl- a blowout here. And then the next night, the other team blows them out because some three point shooter steps up to the table and he delivers. That's what the Hawks are going to need. It, I mean, it would have to be somebody like that packaged in with Jalen Brown for us to be pseudo okay. Because I think we talked about yesterday as well, Jarvis. Mm-hmm. You've got to look beyond the starting five to look yeah. at where the Hawks, some of the Hawks' biggest challenges are. Yeah. And that bench unit, it's coming up. Bench Mob 2.0 is coming up. But man, oh man, we know that maybe the biggest thing that they're missing, Kevin Herter's gone. 
Danilo Gallinari isn't what he once was, but if you take those two pieces and what they used to be to that bench, gotta you gotta account for that. If a trade does not account for that and give the Hawks something in that regard, Jarvis, then to me, that's not a trade that's favorable to them. Regretfully, they will have to walk walk away from the table, uh, yeah. and I have no problem with that because I understand where this team is trying to go, and in order for them to get there. We, we know what, what they need to do. Like, they need to make this doggone Trey Young and DeJounte Murray thing work out, and they need to get that some shooters on this squad. Now, speaking of squad, uh, we always talked about how the Braves have been doing their thing and everything has been all hunky-dory and everybody's starting to get back healthy until they weren't. T, the Braves have announced that they are calling up Danny Young to Atlanta and place uh, another left-handed pitcher that you might know of, Max Free, on a 15-day injury list, backdated to May 6th with a strained left forearm. T, this is the ace of the Braves staff. What are we going to do? Somehow, <laughs> some way, this team That's just keeps surviving. What I have no this? idea. And you know what, Jarvis? I don't even want to just say surviving. Because right. when yeah, you yeah, go yeah. into a series against the Red Sox, winners of eight of their last nine, but you're winners of yeah. five of your last six, you're still mm-hmm. doing something right because you were doing a lot of that with plug and play. Yep. Because you're just getting Travis Darno back as of yesterday. You got Orlando Arcia back, granted, about 20-plus days before you thought you would. But you just got him back Sunday. You just got Michael Harris the second back. And the list can go on and on, right? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, that does not speak to what you are losing in the pitching staff. But my point being, somehow, some way, somebody just keeps on showing up and surprising us. Sam Hilliard showed up and he surprised us, right? As an example. Uh, So you, and then again, that's just one example. So Bryce Elder would be an example. And like we said, although he did not get the win Sunday, still had a very solid solid performance. So no, I can't say that I know anything about said dude, Danny Young. I don't know much about him. Let me say not anything, but don't know much about him. And certainly he's not going to replace the ace, right? Yeah. And he's not going to replace a two point, 08 ERA and 25 strikeouts. That's pretty dang good. But if he can just be a salve to kind of get you through really the next 12 days, because like you said, hopefully it's a 15 to 8 IL retro back to the sixth. And hopefully yeah. when that 15 day period is up, maybe we'll be he'll miraculously be able to come right back. Hopefully won't have to do any type of miss you know, a couple of starts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully it's just a couple starts and, and the Braves will be good to go. But to say that, like you said, it's the ace that went down. That's the toughest piece of the puzzle that you hate. But, again, uh, Charlie Morton has given us some unk feelings these days. So (laughs) that makes life better. And Spencer Strider, I don't care if that dude has a .5 pitch. Like, you know, they say, oh, he doesn't have three pitches. Uh, Spencer Strider only needs half a pitch. And he's about to destroy. Two and a half, and he good. Exactly. <laughs> nice. I don't think he needs two and a half. He destroy folks just by standing on the mound, I believe. You know, oh but I just gosh. say all that to say. And Dylan Dodd came back, you know, after they came up, he and Jared Schuster, then they went back down, and then he came up for a moment. It wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. Yeah. So if we can just get – I'm going to term a, a new phrase, or coin a new phrase, serviceability – from yes, the pitching staff while we await <laughs> the return of Max Freed and Kyle Wright, then that would be a good look. And hopefully 
to something you said yesterday, when Kyle Wright does return, hopefully this will be, hey, that right shoulder inflammation is a done deal for the good. And I'd rather get through this little stretch of time. I know it's going to be tough because we're talking about 14 games in their totality. And these are all AL teams and these are all American League teams that are actually doing well right now. Right. On the same token, hey, the Phillies beat the Red Sox Sunday. That to me was a good look because I'm like, well, hey, I'm sorry, Phillies beat the Red Sox Sunday. So if the Phillies can beat the Red Sox, then I feel confident that somehow, somehow, in a two, some way in a two-game set, the Braves can beat the Red Sox or win the series at a minimum, get a split, but hopefully win the series. And if that's the case, Jarvis, then that's all we can do. Just take it game by game, series by series, and just see how it goes from there. Yeah, and unfortunately, he's like not an everyday player, so he's not going to be missed every day. So like you said, hopefully he'll miss a couple of starts get healthy, and he'll be back raring to go. Now, speaking of coming back, um, Desmond Riddle will be coming back with a lot more talent on the Atlanta Falcons this year. We'll talk about what that looks like for him from a performance standpoint. That's coming up next. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook because it is the number one sportsbook in America because you guys rock with us and make us your number one podcast in your heart. So, yeah, go ahead and add FanDuel Sportsbook to that equation as well. You know, guess what, guys? You know it's baseball season. We just talked about the Atlanta Braves and how they've been doing. So, you know, we got the money lines, the over-unders, you know, how many RBIs you're going to get, how many home runs they're going to get. You can vote on, you can do all that, bet on all that, not vote, bet, and get you some money. So guess what? What we're doing for you new customers. All you got to do is go to the website, and for all the new customers, you're going to get the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So what are you waiting on? Go ahead and go to the website right now. Well, not right now. You may be listening in your car or watching this at home. Finish watching the episode first, and then go to fanduel.com slash locked on because it is the number one sports book in America. And guess what? We want you to make every moment more because FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. So, Jarvis, recently Terry Fontenot spoke with Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. And, of course, they were having a conversation about none other than Desmond Ritter. So, of course, we know that he's going to be stepping into sort of a new situation for him in terms of starting as QB1, starting the season as QB1. So here's the thing, though. He had the four games as sort of the sample size in 2022 and 2023. Now he's not only going to have hopefully a full complement, meaning Drake London along with a returning Kyle Pitts, but also he's going to have more talent around him when you think about draft picks, free agency acquisitions, and the like. Now, the last time he probably had a full cadre of talent around him was probably in his days at Cincinnati. So mm-hmm. that's something that Terry Fontenot spoke with Mike Florio about in terms of that possibly being a competitive, finally a competitive advantage that Ritter can take advantage of. But do you feel like that is something that Ritter not only can take advantage of, but actually will? I believe he will because, and and, and it's not necessarily that I have full confidence in Desmond Ritter is that I I feel like Arthur Smith is going to put him in position to so he can succeed because that's why I feel like they surrounded him with all of this talent, right? Because, you know, I, I think Arthur Smith even referenced uh, a couple of weeks ago about how, 
you know, Tampa Bay had so much talent before they brought him in. All they had to do was plug and play when it came to a quarterback. Now, granted, they was very lucky that a Super Bowl goat was was available to come to them and add him to the team and then go on to win the Super Bowl in his first year there. But, you know, but I, I understand where you're coming from when you're talking about building a team and having all the necessary pieces around that quarterback because what, what happens when rookie quarterbacks come in? They get beat up. And a lot of times some survive and some don't. And we've seen more so, you know, a lot of times it seems as late that as of late that they don't. And then teams get out of there fast too because look at New York and, and it, with the Jets. Zach Wilson, out of there. Sam Darnold. Out of there, you know. So those organ, you don't want to be in no position where those organizations where you're bringing a, a guy in that could possibly could su- succeed, but you don't have the necessary pieces around him in order for him to succeed. Because I don't care how really how good you are, Peyton Manning stunk it up his for his rookie year when he was with the Indianapolis Colts. So you need talent around those guys. As good as those guys or good as prospect those guys can be, you still need talent around those guys. And I feel like Terry Fano and Arthur Smith are doing that. And it also got me thinking about something else too, T. So we know that they had the conversation about uh, Lamar Jackson. They at least broached the topic, right? What if they surround Desmond Ritter with all his talent and he comes in and he stinks it up? And you see that he has good protection and he's just out here making mistakes. I feel like the Falcons are setting themselves up also, not only to for Desmond Ritter to succeed, but if he doesn't, I feel like they'd be a, still be in a good place. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you have those situations. Really, we've seen it a couple of times. And going back to something that you said, it made me think about when individual quarterbacks like QB1s were actually able to kind of turn the corner, if you will. And when you mentioned Peyton Manning, the first thing I thought about was Edron James. And that's one of the examples that, yeah, when he really turned the corner was when Edge joined that. Perfect. Absolutely. So you are so right when you say, okay, and and Edge low-key was one who, as his career went on, he became great as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So definitely when you look at Bijan Robinson as an example of yet another piece that the Falcons went out and got for Desmond Ritter to succeed, that's absolutely what it is. The other pieces, like you said, and my mind actually goes to Arthur Smith's old stomping grounds. I mean, at this point, my God, they've got like the most loaded. And of course I'm being facetious, but they've got like the most loaded uh, quarterback room. It feels like in the entire league. Right. Because it's like, Hey, the minute they figure out, Oh, you you can't get right. Okay. We'll just go get somebody else. Right. So, you know, they go out and they get Ryan Tannehill. Oh, well, Ryan Tannehill, you kind of weren't seemingly the answer either. And we gave you Derrick Henry. So let's go out and get Malik Willis. Ooh, well, Malik Willis, it seems like you're not ready either. So let's there. just then go yeah. get get it. Yeah, exactly. So we'll go ahead and get Will Levis and let's just see how it goes. Now, they still have Derrick Henry. They still have a decent wide receiving core as well. And they still have the pieces around them in terms of the uh, offensive line and making sure that there is protection in the trenches. So I think that's a great example that you make. If for some reason the QB1 whom you hoped was going to be QB1 of the future didn't quite pan out, there are examples all over the league where it – well, it'll just become a plug and play situation, whether it's the guy at QB2 or dare I say it. And I've said this before, if it doesn't work out, not that you want the Falcons to be in the top 10 or 15 of the draft next spring. 
But if it works out that way, let's not act like the class of 2024 does not have some solid guys in that class such that if the Falcons had to go in that direction, yeah, could do it. And also, who knows? We go from season to season where a quarterback may start off and it seems like it's a perfect scenario and it seems like it's a fit for that quarterback, whether he was obtained in free agency or the draft or wherever. And then all of a sudden, Jarvis, you get to the end of the season and somebody wants out or somebody wants to move on. So, yeah, I think this is one of those situations where also you kind of look at it like the Falcons can't kind of say it's a put up or shut up type of, yeah, it's a put (laughs) up or shut up type of situation because it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, we gave you the four game sample size. We were pleased with what we saw. So we decided to give you some support. Now we've given you as much as we could possibly give you you better make it work. Yeah, and, and and that's okay because, like I said, no no longer are teams sitting around waiting on guys to develop and all that stuff. You know, I think the the, the Falcons situation last year was pretty ideal because you brought in a guy where you – in Marcus Mariota where you fixed his contract to where you can easily get out of it, you know, after year one. And then you drafted the Desmond Ritter, who some were saying was a first-round quarterback. I know a lot of people would kind of forget about that. You know, Malik Willis as well, and they started to drop as it got closer and closer to the draft, and you snagged them up in the third round. Now – you're saying you got a you got that four game sample size, like you said. You saw the improvement. You saw what you, you like what you saw on third downs, which is crucial, especially when you got a run heavy team. If you're running on first and second down, and if you're getting four or five yards a pop, if it's third and three, third and four, you should be able to easily make that throw. And he was able to come in certain situations and be able to do that, even in, in the um, um, game winning drive as well. Had one of those snuck in there as well towards the end of the year. So all of those things. Being said, like you said, you, 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 you get all the talent, and I know we, you know, my heart's still hurting that they didn't draft a defensive player. I don't know about you, T. I'm still dealing with it. I'm still coping. You know what I'm saying? I'm still feeling some type of way about it. But, you know, given what the vision is, right division, make it plain, right? Terry Fontenot has made it very clear that they are trying to set this guy up for success. And if he doesn't, I really wholeheartedly feel that they're going to go out and go get someone if it doesn't work out this year. And it looks like Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith are also setting themselves up for success to have a solid secondary against, we'll call it interesting, against an interesting NFC South QV1 room across yes. the board. Very interesting. Um, interesting. Very nice, yeah. too. But, <laughs> I like but it. <laughs> in case Bryce Young becomes who they think that he can be, in right. case Derek Carr turns back into that old Derek Carr, if you will, and okay, whatever that is, right? Exactly. And look, here I go being petty. No, we're serious. Uh, Bucks, uh, I'll right. be serious. Bucks, who do you all have? <laughs> okay, so yeah, it's interesting at QB1, but the bottom line is these guys can still throw and they yeah. have no weapons at the receiver position. So you still need to go out and shore up a good secondary just to get out of your own division, if right. you will. And of course, that move that we're talking about is the signing of Trey Flowers. Of course, he played corner with the Seahawks as well as with the Bengals also played special teams. And we always talk about the versatility that's needed at certain positions, but I thought it was an interesting signing as well, because of course it's another one of those one year prove it deals, which we have absolutely no problem with here at ATL day ones. But also you look at the fact that the Falcons now have AJ Trell, Jeff Okuda, Mike Hughes, Clark Phillips. So when you look at that kind of corner room, if you will, the one thing I thought about was, Hmm, I wonder where he'll fall in the rotation or does this mean that, and 
listen, I'm being facetious with this question, Jarvis, so hear me yes. out. But does gotcha. this mean that this could impact the rotation as far as either starting who starts at corner? On the other side, of course, we know A.J. Terrell is, is yeah, something. Yeah, who starts at corner or who's used in different packages? How does the signing of Trey Flowers potentially affect that, if at all? I think it's they're in a space where they want to get as many guys in there that fit the scheme that what Ryan Nielsen is trying to do. Because, and to me, it seems like they like some big dudes because Trey Flowers is 6'3", 200 pounds. Like, like yeah. that is no small corner. And Jeff no. McCool ain't no small man himself. He's 6'1", right. 200. Because, yeah, because what are we talking about? With, uh, you know, you look at Clark Phillips, and what is he, like 5'11"? He's like 5'9", like 180, dripping wet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so I think he's going to slide inside, you know, uh, from that nickel spot. So mm-hmm. it's, 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 it is shaping up to be a, a very competitive training camp. And, and I even, to the point where I really feel like there's going to be a name that we know mm-hmm. and recognize that might get cut. Because is yeah. the, there's going to be some serious, serious competition mm-hmm. for to be on that 53-man roster come, um, yeah. at the, um, come, um, come September because – Terrence Fontenot and Arthur Smith are lining guys up. I'm like, all right, yes, we're going to give yes. you an opportunty. Get you that one. They still throwing out those one-year contracts. Right. Hey, we're going to give you a shot. But, hey, this is the real and this is what it is. If you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't perform or compete, yeah. you got to go. In previous yeah. years, they haven't been able to do that. Like, exactly. whoever signs, you're going to make it and you're going to play. And right. everybody else right. cross our fingers and hope right. that, you know, <laughs> that's where it works out. To, right. And you may show yourself to be that guy who should be the starter on the right side of the field. You may yeah. show yourself to be that guy who should start in the nickel position. I mean, that's really up to you, but you, you better show and prove because, yeah, that room is getting deeper and the competition is getting stiffer. And again, that to me is advantage Falcons because that's what you want in order for you to know that there's a competitive spirit in the room. So love to see it. I think the one-year deals are good. And like you said, we will see after training camp who makes that final roster to give us the start and opening day. Speaking of that, Jarvis and I are two two days away maybe because you know things are going to leak Thursday morning. So two days away from being able to see (laughs) that 2023 schedule, who they play in the opener and how in the world we're going to react to what that schedule looks like. But in the meantime, if you guys want to tell us your thoughts on the signing of Trey Flowers, how you feel he might come into the mix of the corner rotation, or if you feel like he's going to automatically bump somebody out of the rotation, let us know every dares why because you guys know what the conversation is you know what our thoughts are on each position for the falcons as well as for the hawks if you guys want to weigh in on your thoughts on what it means to you to have another brace pitcher go on the il let us know drop your comments where you always do in our comment section on youtube or even in our dms if you follow us on twitter and you never know we might actually make a little mention of it in the show especially if it's some good commentary so don't forget Stop by YouTube to check out ATL Day Ones, or you can download us wherever you get your podcast. because, as always, couldn't do it without you, our everydayers. But, T, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about, because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. T, when, I can't, when you sent me this message, I, was, uh, I almost went to tears because, you know, like this is a little sentimental thing to me because my mom and dad, big time, you know, Frank, uh, Frank and Beverly Mays uh, fans, and you know when I saw the headline, it said that, you know, Frankie is retiring, 
And the guys over there talking about the music forever. They're trying to live on and continue to perform. But, like, my whole thing is, like, we've, we've seen this, right? We, we've seen, you know, uh, groups go through these transitions, right? Because there are some guys, obviously, who are going to pass away and everything like that. And they kind of to continue going. They have to replace those guys. And that's kind of essentially how the band, for the most part, is right now. So, Frankie owns the Franklin and Beverly and Mays name. So, they had to change the name of, like, the music forever, formerly Frankie, Beverly. I was like, man, this is too convoluted. So, I said all this to say, T, like, I know, you know, you got people who are big fans. I know you're a big fan. But what, like, would you attend some uh, an event like that? Like, all, like, regardless of price or whatever, anything like, anything like that, would you attend an event that doesn't have Frankie there? Not even close. Not even close. And yeah. and here's the thing. There are some franchises that have established that, right? And they've yeah. established it. Yes two different ways, the ones I think of, and I'm sure you'll think of some as well, but the Temptations have established yep, themselves exactly. as a mind. brand, right? Yes. So you can plug and play. They've been plugging and playing them for what? The last six, Quite seven yeah. decades yes. because they've lost guys along the way. I think they may have exactly one temp who is an original and he's only, you know, he's kind of there sparingly just due to age. And yep. then you have the OJs. It will always be Eddie LeVert until Eddie LeVert is no longer Eddie with us. Absolutely. But the other two have always changed, right? So right. you have one of those, either the Temptations, it's a name, recognition, and you already know it's a rotation, or you have a group with a front man and everybody around the front man changes. Yeah. However, in a band, that's a little bit different. And I'm going to go like with New Edition, my favorite group. Yeah. If you dare replace Ralph Tresvant, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> like, it's going to be a problem. We survived Bobby leaving. Okay. Yeah. And we or survived. not being able to participate is probably uh, uh, that will suffice as well. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. Us <laughs> kicking him out because he made us kick him out. Yes. So we survived Bobby's departure. And uh -huh. we survived the four version of New Edition. We survived bringing in Johnny Gill. We survived bringing Bobby Brown back. We survived Bobby Brown leaving BBD. And then they tried that RBRB, whatever, Emmy thingy. Well, anyway, minus Ralph <laughs> Trasman and Johnny Gill, it did work. I like it. The reason yeah, I bring I mean that up is because there are certain iterations of a band that do work when you mix the parts and there are certain yeah. iterations that just don't and nobody is ever going to make me like rbrm like ever 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 because it didn't yeah. work but yeah. it works with new addition when the primary parts are there meaning you've got to at least have you know like a ralph johnny situation or a ralph yeah. bobby situation or a ralph mike situation or a ralph uh let me see the Ronnie situation, yeah, or a, a, a you know Bell Biv, whatever, whatever. Mm. But notice, I kept saying Ralph Tresman, Ralph Tresman, yeah. Ralph Tresman, yeah, because kinda, literally his voice gotta is be one like, constant right there. Yeah, you know what I mean? His voice is on every major hit that they've ever had. Yes. How are you going to do Maze without Frankie Beverly? Yes. Like it doesn't even make Come on. sense. Yes. He, I mean, the, the tone. There are times, Jarvis, and for our ATL day one every day is. In case you all didn't know, Jarvis and I go down the R&B rabbit hole quite frequently. 
Absolutely. And so, right before the show. Like, yes, I'm listening to Usher. Like, right. Wale. You know what I'm saying? I sent like, him a text message last night, guys, about verses <laughs> that I knew only Jarvis could appreciate. That's a tease for tomorrow, too, guys. So come yes, on back uh, and we'll tell you what we're talking about. Yes. But yeah, he and I go down the R&B rabbit hole all the time because our parents were such R&B connoisseurs and we picked up a lot of that. So Maze is something to, to, oh. to Jarvis and me. Yes. That's mm-hmm. something to us. And Jarvis, I think about this, too. Um, we know that, especially in this is this is FTC, this is for the culture. So it's a kind of school, you guys. In in black culture, wearing white is a thing. Like wearing all white everything, that's like all black everything. It's a like, movie. I mean, it's like, a movie. Like, like it's going down. Yeah, all like, white. You know, oh, it's a serious event if it's like an all white affair. <laughs> and that is what Frankie Beverly is known for. And this yeah. group, TMF or whatever they call themselves. Formerly known as formerly known Batman or oh no, the the unmitigated gall to be opening up in Atlanta in like June or something in a concert, and guess what they're going to ask everybody to wear all white? Are you kidding? What? Are you kidding? Okay, Jarvis, I'm done. Okay, Jarvis, I'm done. Yeah, like, like. You, you know what? I think that's a good way to end it right there, T. Because you think, like, come on, like, it got to be one constant. Like, if Frankie ain't doing it. Then nobody needs to be doing it. Like y'all need to find, come up with your own band. Obviously, you can play really well because nobody was complaining about the background vocals. You know, the the piano wasn't right, the drums, the percussion wasn't going. You know what I'm saying? Like we've gotten accustomed to it, right? We already know Frankie can't sing anymore. We know that, right? Exactly. Y'all can get right. Because what are we gonna do, Jarvis? We're gonna get on the dance floor and we're gonna start doing our bus stop or whatever little line dance we do. We're gonna sing. He can lip sync all day. He'll be straight. But guess what though? It's gotta be Frankie. He gotta be on that stage. He gotta be on that stage. ATL Day One is not here for it if he's not on the stage. Okay. Yes. Just like we're here right here for you just each and every day, Monday through Friday. ATL Day Ones is here for you. And somebody up here popping up, you know, looking up here, looking crazy, talking about ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and whoever or Tanitra and whoever. Like, y'all gonna be looking at us crazy. So, yeah, we're gonna look at the TML, formerly known as Batman, robbing all them folks. We're going to look at y'all crazy, too. And we won't be attending your events. All right, guys, that's it. We got to get out of here. Uh, we want to say thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. And all those people who come here each and every day, you're our everydayers. We appreciate you. We love you. And now all you got to do is just tell a friend to tell a friend. And if you're an everydayer, go ahead and drop it in that comment box. We really would appreciate that. And last but not least, before we get out of here, I want to just say, make sure, make sure, if you don't do anything else, make sure you guys share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.